Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. Welcome to Development Hell. horror movie that hits VOD, countless others end up DOA. Development Hell is the podcast dedicated to unearthing these cursed horror productions. We're going to find out what went wrong and then decide if these titles still stand a shot at the green light. I am your host, Josh Korngut. I am the managing editor of Dread Central. I am also a filmmaker in Toronto, Canada. This podcast is a proud member of the Dread Podcast Network. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Development Hell. Today, we are skirting into the land of television once again, and we are digging into True Blood, not the True Blood proper series on HBO, but the cancelled reboot that was announced a couple years prior. Uh, We are joined once again by Sheree Bohannon. You may remember her from a ton of different episodes of Development Home. Sheree, how's it going? It's going great. This has really become my other podcast. Like, this is my third time here this year, I believe. That makes sense. You know how Starbucks has this like weird marketing thing where they like, they say it's like your third place, that home (laughs) is your first place, work is your second place, and Starbucks is your third place. (laughs) It's like really like culty jargon. And I think that this is true about you in development hell. I think so. Like, I'm going to just sneak it in my bio and see what happens. I <laughs> Do it. Do it. I support that. <laughs> um, Sheree, for the people that maybe have never listened to an episode of this podcast before, can you reintroduce yourself to the Development Hell audience? Of course. Um, I am a writer. Actually, I am a news writer for Dread yep. Central. Mm-hmm. I bother Josh every day, not just on <laughs> podcast recording day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also am currently co-hosting four different podcasts. Um, all of which are horror or thriller. Um, Nightmare on First Street is the oldest one. Blurdy Massacre is another one of the mains. And I'm one of the many rotating hosts on the altar tapes. And I also am doing a You podcast called Hey You, 
uh, with Joe from Horror Queers, which is about to start the second the second batch of episodes because it comes out March 9th. So yeah. And one of my favorite things about that podcast is that it exists on the Anatomy of a Scream podcast network, which longtime listeners of this show will know that's uh, where we got our start. So that's pretty cool. I'm so bad about remembering to say that because it that and the altar tapes are both there. Both of those I are Joe's know. babies. And I'm just like, na da 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 Do um, your thing, cuz. Do you know what I'm quoting? <laughs> <laughs> That's us. This is a cursed podcast. I have to <laughs> now <know>. it is. <laughs> um, Sheree, today we are discussing True Blood and its failed reboot. Do you want to know why I asked you for this episode? Because nobody else has ever asked me my opinions on True Blood and I've been waiting. I went to Mary Beth and I said, you know everyone in the world, who likes True Blood? And she says, I think Sheree. <laughs> um, Mary Beth is the editor-in-chief at Tread Central, where we both work. I love how she saw that in me. We never talked about it. She just knew. Instinctively. She just knew. You must have tweeted about it at some point. No, she was like, I've seen this bitch. Uh, <laughs> she suddenly <laughs> watched some True Blood. <laughs> <laughs> was she right? Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. I, so I was late to the fan club because I, it was like, maybe mid-late 20-teens when I got mm. to it. Because my roommate, whose birthday it is today that we're recording this, um, LaRob, when I was in Chicago, mm-hmm. was like, what do you mean you've never seen True Blood? And so started me watching it. And then it became our thing. So we would just like do like the mini marathons on Sundays after his church gig. Wow. That's a lot more wholesome than how I got into True Blood. Can I tell you about my journey? Yes, please. It was a hookup. I had a random hookup like before the days of Grinder. You have to like meet them on like gay.com. It was a website. And he was really weird. And I actually don't recall if we actually did anything, but we did watch an episode of True Blood. And I will never forget the guy was really weird, Sheree. He was really weird. I, I can mean, see his face. In the brain. It's what? fitting because Bill Compton's very weird. So Yeah, that's true. But hot weird. And that would have been preferred. I think so. I think so. I think so. He is tired and you are. Yeah, okay. I see. <laughs> and I do like that. I really do yeah. like tired. So. <laughs> um, okay. Even though you know so much more about the show likely than I do, would you mind if I gave it just a brief seminar on True Blood? Let's go. So um, this series was this horror fantasy extravaganza on HBO by creator Alan Ball. You might remember that name from the man who gifted us American Beauty. Maybe gifted is the wrong word, but he made that movie. <laughs> um, it's based on a series of books by Charlene Charlene Harris. Am I saying that right? Sh- Here's your name, Charlene? I think it's Charlene. Charlene Harris. Um, and the original title was The Southern Vampire Mysteries, which is, I'm going to say it, a worse title. So I'm glad we got a new one. It is. That's that would have never sold in my house. <laughs> Did you read these books? No, I I oh. always pretend I'm going to because I know that it's different <laughs> than the show, and uh-huh. I'm like, but how different? Um, but I just the title mm-hmm. just turns me off. Like, it's a bad title. It's a bad title. Um, but the show and the book both um are about this character Sookie Stackhouse on the show played by Anna Paquin, Oscar winner, uh, and she plays the psychic or not psychic but like telepathic young lady in Bon Ton, Louisiana, who's also a waitress and a very lead romance character, Energy. This whole setup for this show, and I don't know about the novels, but for the show specifically, we're in this sort of land in the world two years after 
the Japanese created something called synthetic blood. And then I think the brand name was True Blood. And so this allowed the vampire population of planet Earth to, unquote, come out of the coffin and sort of be revealed to humankind. And it's a pretty obvious gay metaphor as our sort of root metaphor for the series. How do you feel about this uh, uh, sort of landing pad for True Blood? Is it like a smart thing or is it weird? I'm happy you asked because I was watching these two episodes for the first time in years. I was like, they they think they're doing what the X-Men is doing and they're not. Because like they were trying to really, really align it with like race and like queerness and it just it's not the same and the way they were going about it it's not the best it could be and it it, it's because it falls into those traps of not wanting to give like black and brown and queer people lead roles (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and so you have like this black woman going after him talking about how he's bullshit he doesn't deserve rights i was like "Mm, is this where we would be on this fight is this where we would be (laughs) You're and, so fucking right, yeah. Right? And yeah. unfortunately, it's a thing that we still see today because it's always, how can I give the people with the least even less? It's so real because they're just using it as a metaphor so we don't actually have to see real gay people or even just portrayed gay people on screen. You still are dealing with straight-ass fucking vampires. Right? Um, so and, that's an interesting way to look at it, yeah. And I'm not surprised because, like, Alan Ball, I'm pretty sure at this point had given us um, Six Feet Under and another HBO show I forgot about. Oh, my God. I only called him American Beauty and I didn't even bring up Six Feet Under. What is absolutely wrong with me? The Shade. The Gall. <laughs> yep. Oh, yep. <laughs> no, but it, like, b- those shows, while they were what the people wanted at the time and they probably are still great, were also very white-centered mm-hmm. um, with very white straight people problems. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, mm-hmm. more so def- than this, right? So this was definitely him being like, "I'm hip. I'm not like the other ones," and being like, "But you kind of are, good sir. It's okay though. We still watched it." Well, yeah they they really borrowed from like real like they really went hard with this gay metaphor so much as borrowing from hate slogans and campaigns like "God hates fags" and turning that around into "God hates fangs." And again, as I said earlier, coming out of the coffin rather than coming out of the closet. Yeah. I think at the time, as a young gay man watching this, I thought, ooh, this is neat. Oh. Um, but looking back, yeah, it would have been nicer to just actually have some representation. But say la vie, this is not where we are today. I was re-watching the first two episodes, and there is some Black representation, but... Uh, I would like to hear your feedback on how these characters are portrayed on screen. So I, I did end up falling in love with Lafayette like everybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I did end up getting along with Tara, but like these first few episodes, they really didn't know what to do with her Mm -hmm. Um, and it shows. And that, that actor, Rutina Wesley, I believe I should have looked that up. Yes. Yay. Yep. Um, Rutina Wesley is a badass bitch and so she's gonna deliver but again like if the writing's not there she's giving a great performance with nothing um, yes. so it, it feels very much like oh yeah we decided to give some black people some lines and we're gonna figure it out later but not have writers in the writers room that can like support us and help us figure it out it felt like white people writing for black people yes. and it, it as much as these actors are like impossible to look away from. We've got Nelson Harris or Nelson Ellis of Lafayette and Rutina Wellesley as Tara. Like the writing is like a little, I don't know, cringy maybe. And like, it just doesn't feel authentic at all. 
Exactly. And it makes me really sad because like, this is one of the things Nelson is most known for. And he passed away way too soon. Um, passed away. Yeah. Like before I even watched the show, cause I was like, people were like losing their mind because they all love him. He's, he's such a good actor. And this was the thing that like most of them knew him from because yeah. like all of us are in this age bracket. And so when he died and I found out, people were like, oh, no, not Nelson. And I was like, I've never seen this. And they're talking to me about Lafayette. And I was like, mm-hmm. I kind of do want to watch this show now and see what's happening. And I I don't know how he identified, but I believe he had a wife and kids. And so I was like, huh. isn't that going to be sticky watching somebody who might be straight play a queer character? But yeah. I mean, he does a great job. And I didn't yeah. know he that he had passed. So that's kind of shocking to hear. Yeah, it was it was very sad. And a lot of people were very sad, um, which is mm. how I got on because I I had not seen a lot of his work at that point. I think he'd done some other like shows for HBO, but nothing of this magnitude where he got mm. to like, stay for so long. Um, but yeah, such a great actor. And this is what he's most known for. And it's a very, very shaky script. <laughs> yeah i have to look into that more i'd like to see some of his other work and to see him in a straight role because he i don't know the yeah as a gay person i would say the gayness did feel kind of real the gayness kind of felt authentic and i don't know interesting there's never a moment in his performance where i'm like oh no um but again i i am a straight woman so i i, <laughs> I don't get to say <laughs> but like i've seen some cringy shit and i've been like oh no and gone to twitter to be like what y'all saying um <laughs> hello, <laughs> hello. <This> uh, <laughs> so there were seven seasons of true blood which is actually i didn't realize how there was only five seasons oh no you forgot so, the theories then I, well, I know she's a fairy. And then I remember there was a fairy that worked at a hotel. Uh, and that's all I remember, to be honest with you. Um, do you remember the fairy that worked at a hotel? I don't remember that one, but there were so many fairies. And I was like, should I stop watching? <laughs> the fairies I liked, but then the once it got to, like, cat people, I checked out. Listen. I don't like, need cat people. It got so ridiculous so fast. It got really ridiculous, really fast. I think only watched the first five seasons, if I'm going to be really, really honest with you. Maybe even the first four. Now you have to finish. No. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if I restart it again one day, maybe I'll get to the finish line. I did just watch eight seasons of Mom, that the fucking nightmare, oh. <laughs> the Chuck Lorre show. Why are you talking about this? People don't need to know. Listen, it's too late. It's out there. But you just watched <laughs> the first two episodes of this, so you might as well just go ahead and finish it. Yeah, I kind of want to. Honestly, rewatching the first two episodes of this, it gave me those feelings. It kind of made me like remember what a good sleazy romance is supposed to feel like. Right. Um, if, mm-hmm. if, like every time I every time I think about this show, I remember what I what I only assume is straight lady straight old lady porn, which is the Harlequins issue that my mom used to read. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like that because like we start off with Suki and she seems like she's gonna be a badass who's a little bit conservative. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. She's like, don't say those bad words. I'm a lady. But uh-huh. also, she's like, fuck y'all. Treat the vampires better. I'm going to beat these people's asses because they tried my friend Bill that I just made at the bar. I like that about her. She She's she's a proper lady, but she'll kick you in the teeth. And right? I thought that was cute. Right? It was cute. And she even took a beating at the end of that episode. But she then... almost dies in the end of that episode, I feel like. 
Exactly. But then there's a, an immediate shift after that first episode. And so the game becomes how will Suki be in danger by the end of the episode? Who's going to save her the next episode? I think that's just called good writing. I remember Thou Who Shall Not Be Named, a.k.a. Joss Whedon, once saying that he always used to put Willow in danger just because he knew the audience loved her and he knew that he'd get a rise out of them every time he put her in danger. And I think that's kind of funny and smart writing. I mean, when she was in danger, though, she was also doing something because she was always a secret badass. And then when she owned it, she stopped being the one in danger. And then we got donned. (laughs) I hate Dawn. I know. Hell on earth. I'm going to be rewatching the Harriet the Spy movie soon because of my friends. And I'm really in that. I wonder how that's going to hold up, to be honest. It's been hard to look at Michelle Trachtenberg ever since she played Dawn. And it's not her fault. She didn't write it. She didn't add herself. But, like, I just get so bitter when I see her now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the romance element of the show is something that, like, I secretly kind of feel drawn to. We were talking about Bill Compton earlier, who's he doesn't seem to be your favorite of the sex idols on the show, portrayed by Stephen Moyer. And then, of course, there's Eric Northman, portrayed by yeah. Alexander Skarsgård. It's very diverse. You have a brunette and you have a blonde. <laughs> This is what Martin Luther King marched for. I... Yeah. A brunette <laughs> option and a blonde option. Honestly, right? like, this the world the is saved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't have to watch the rest of the speech anymore. This was it. Look. Mm. Um, I... oh, yeah. Wait, before, for people that don't know, who, like, what's Bill? What is his deal? Who is this man? Bill is an old, sad vampire who arrives <laughs> in this town. <laughs> and he looks sickly and he acts sickly and that actor and um Anna ended up getting married didn't they what yeah I think they did because I was when somebody told me I was like but they have the least chemistry out of her and all the hot men she's with I I mean other than Jason yeah I mean that's her brother in the show so (laughs) I know but even they have better chemistry than you mentioned that like (laughs) is he okay well okay I'm sorry to move on to I did it by mistake but Jason Stackhouse aka the brother of Suki why is he so hot they hired him knowing he would never wear a shirt. Um, never, no. Because I missed the initial True Blood boom, I did never heard interviews, so I did not know that actor was Australian until after he did Glorious last year. He was in a, oh yeah, he was in Glorious last year. How dare you erase Dead Silence from cinema history? It wasn't Dead Silence, oh my God! Come on. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but... Everyone at home probably already does, but Dead Silence might be my favorite movie ever made. I can see that, if not Amityville about time. Well, Amityville 1992, It's About Time, How Dare You, um, is incredible. It's an incre- It's not a secret. Most people know that Amityville 1992, It's About Time is fucking great. Have you, you haven't even seen it. I don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, it's literally about time i think it's about time <laughs> we'll go to your next bullet <laughs> um there's another hottie on the show um sort of the xander harris of the mix sam merlot as yes. played confusingly by sam Tramel. who who's this mf He's a hot little baddie that gave her a job, but also yeah. Yeah. questionable because he's got the girls dressed like they're working at Hooters. And so that yeah, was very does. weird. <laughs> like, yeah, he does. He really does. We don't think about that. T- Tara brings it up, mm-hmm. but um, 
I, I was like, it's okay. It's green. It's fine. I Do you remember like, the Halloween where everybody wore that outfit? Listen, um, I went to grad school in Texas, so that was every Halloween. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad costume. I would wear it. I mean, in the summer, yeah, because, like, it's hot. But, like, <laughs> I yeah, just yeah. don't know if I want to, like, be out of, like, the family get-together with my ass out. I mean, I think I I do. I think that I do. I think it's true. Um, who else are we missing? We kind of talked about Lafayette. We, okay, Eric Northman, I feel like we got to spend some a little extra time on because he's someone that we've talked about before uh, on this podcast, kind of, right? Gascar's Guard has a show called on HBO and myself. Um, he does. He does. Um, he does. I forgot he wasn't in these first few episodes and the show gets so much better when he does arrive. Yeah. I remember it being like he's third lead, but I guess it wasn't so much the case for the first while. Yeah. Which makes me sad because Sam's a cutie and a better option than Bill. But like when Eric gets into town, you're like, you don't stand a chance, Sam. Good night. And Sam's like, but I'm, I'm still here. And it's like, Do you no. think it was supposed to be Bill and Sam as like the two love leads? And then it just kind of, Eric kind of just worked out. That's what it feels like. Like somebody wrote the pilot, uh, maybe the first two episodes. Cause you know, you need to like know where it's going next. And they were like, yeah, these three are going to be a triangle. And then like when things got set out, they were like, you got to do something bigger and hotter. And they were like, we got a scars guard on standby. Let's go. <laughs> There's a moment in the first episode where Sam shows up in his dog form and yeah. licks Sookie's neck. And I thought, that's non-consensual. Listen, and also he keeps thinking things about her, knowing she can read minds. And I'm just like, you're trying to like get your little flirt in in a way that's not cute. <sighs> okay, well, hold on a second here. And I was thinking about this. If I knew a person could read my mind, no matter who it was, no matter how little attraction I had to them, I think I w- all I would think is like, I want to have sex with them, let's do disgusting things. Like, it would just, my brain would just say the things it's not supposed to say, I think, just out of anxiety. Like, I always say when I'm thinking of people I don't like, so that would also not <laughs> help do. us bond. <laughs> you do do that. You do I do, do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when I'm attracted to a person, I don't I don't want to catch a case. And so I got to be more subtle about it. I got to be more smooth or pretend to be more smooth. I can't just be like, I can't wait until you're home with me. And I'm just like going to do this but um, Yeah, I, I'm glad people can't read my mind. It's just like a lot of me singing Tori Emma songs. And, um, it would save me time if they could read mine. Yeah, I mean, not much though. For you, I don't know. Not not that much time would be safe, but some, sometime. Yeah, like the brain to mouth delay is like two seconds. <laughs> that does add up actually over time. Some people so we, have taken a whole hour for me. Like, <laughs> whoa. We talked about Tara. We talked about Eric. But Lafayette, Jason, Sam, Bill, Sucky. I think we've gone through the important players. Is there anyone I'm kind of forgetting about? Not really, because everybody ends up dead or pregnant, which I mean, or both. If you're talking about Dawn of the Dead 2004 remake, listen, um, (laughs) did you ever see that? Yeah, it was my first Dawn of the Dead, sadly. I don't want to tell the truth about children, but I have never seen the original. (gasps) I know I'm gonna have to cut that out, probably, right? Okay, so we need to watch True Blood on the low key, and we also have to like watch all the Dawn of the Deads in order because there's a lot. Okay. I like that you call the whole series Dawn of the Dead. I have seen Night of the Living Dead. I just haven't seen Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. I mean, we could do it. We could do it. Because most of them are free somewhere anyways. We could do that. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, Would you be interested maybe kind of into hearing a little bit about this failed HBO reboot? Yeah, because we were all waiting for it. 
we were all waiting for it. I don't know about you, but didn't it feel like in the last two to three years when HBO Max surfaced, they were ripe to reboot literally everything that basically wrapped up two to three years ago? Yes. And I was like, that's a plan. But also, I'm investing in some of these shows. Let's see where it goes. Did you, okay, did you watch the Queers Folk reboot? I didn't. I meant to because I know like somebody uh, like worked with the Chicago's in the cast, but oh. I just never got around to it. Okay, there was the Queers Folk reboot. Okay, did you watch the Gossip Girl reboot that they did? I watched a few episodes. I didn't. What was going on there? It was not for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't look like it was for anyone. No, and it makes okay. So, like, my journey with Gossip Girl is I kept getting drunk at somebody's house, and I wake up, and him and his roommates were watching Gossip Girl reruns because they had that a DVR. Right. That sounds right. And so, eventually, after waking up hungover enough, I was like, "Okay, so what is this? What's the story?" And so, I then went and watched it all in order, <laughs> and mm. I was like, "Why did I do that? I hate myself." <laughs> um, so when I saw the reboot coming back, I'm like it's time to hate myself again, and I watched two or three episodes, and I I couldn't tell you if there is a plot. <laughs> I, I didn't get back to it. I, I, I just like thought that it's not the right time. It didn't feel correct. And then, okay, so we had the Gossip Girl, we had Queer's Folk, and then the last one I can think of is the uh, Pretty Little Liars HBO Max oh. reboot. D- did you watch that? I watched the first episode because people tell me it was different from the first one, which I never watched, and uh. they lied to me. Um, it's what I was in the first they, they didn't lie to you, but they you shouldn't have watched it. Yeah, I watched the first episode too and was confused and bored. I and, was like, yeah. I was really happy because I saw that one. I think her name is Carly Pope from Popular when I was a kid. Sure. And I was like, she's going to be. And then they killed her. And I was like, oh, she's dead. And then it was a bad time for the rest of the show anyways. And I was like, okay. I have to be fully 100% honest with you. I loved the original Pretty Little Liars. And I know what it looks like. I know what it sounds like. I know what this crime scene comes across as. But it was a pretty ex- like extraordinarily stupid teen mystery drama. And I loved it. I always thought that if I taught like a TV writing course, I would teach that pilot episode because it's such nonsense, perfect trash. I know you don't respect me and that's okay. Um, I mean, you have a taste. I, I loved it. I loved it. I've never seen the original. I'm, I'm never going to. Um, I do know that we have like weird attachments to stuff that we watch at the right times because like oh we were God. all in the WB, but can we say all those shows are great? No. I was a Vampire Diaries girl. I'm sorry. Of course you were. Of course I'm you sorry. were. I'm sorry. It was good. If you, if the, the real ones know, if real ones know that Vampire Diaries had its had its value. All right. I, so, <laughs> yeah. I saw some of that. I'm, I, I'm happy I got away from it. And that's all I'm going to say about that. You would have been a Damon person, even though he's gross. Okay, we're moving on. We're moving on. But we're just trying to say here is that when HBO Max surfaced out of the depths, they decided to make a lot of random ass reboots in in line with all of those other ones that we previously discussed, True Blood seemed to be in the cards. They wanted to get back to basics. And in December of 2020, TV Line, I believe, got the exclusive that they were, in fact, developing a new version of True Blood and that they were bringing on Riverdale creator Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. And he was attached to executive produce. So this is the guy who is also, I believe, behind one of the new Pretty Little Liars, which was uh, described as a horror tinge coming of rage. Doesn't that make you angry? 
coming of rage. I'm gonna need another drink. Uh. <laughs> well, I had a mental breakdown, so you can have a drink. <laughs> it's like I walk so you can run. Um, but also interestingly enough, according to this article, Alan Ball himself was uh, supposedly going to be returning to executive produce. I don't know if that means it would have just been in title alone or if we really would have been creatively involved, but that does kind of make me interested. Does it make, does it pique any interest in you? I think if it was just a name only, that would be cool. <laughs> but I, I do wonder if like Alan Ball's moment is over and that's not to be shady, but he, again, he wrote very white centered things for a yeah. specific time for HBO. And I don't know if we need to go back there. No, it's happened. And it's like, we, we, we hold it dear and like, it's like historical greatness, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the right now, the future, the it, the moment. I agree. Yeah. Right? But if it was just name only and he was like, I'm just going to open my wallet and like let people who should tell some stories, tell some stories. That's fine and cool. I support that agenda. Yeah. I have a feeling that's not what it was going to be. Um, It says here that he was only the showrunner for the first five of the seven seasons. Interesting. And he was the one coming to back. I guess that's maybe why the second last two seasons got poor reviews. Is that they kind of lost? They were they were rough. <laughs> they were rough. Yeah, they probably needed him. Um, you know when like a show loses its main writer or loses its main writers, and all of a sudden it kind of feels like fan fiction. Yep. That last it, season of Gilmore Girls. Oh um, yeah. Right. Say what you want about Amy Sherman Palladino. Are you talking about season that- seven? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That would 100%. never happen on her watch. And she did a lot of things I can't defend. But like, that's such a fucking good example because I've never been able to watch season seven. And I've seen the first six seasons of that show easy three times. Yeah. I used to marathon the first six seasons um, and I would stop because I would always try to do seven and I remember how bad it was and I would just like wander away. I watch, I literally get 10 to 20 minutes into the first episode and then every time turn it off. The last time I started it, I was like, I'm going to finish it so I can do a year in the life because I've only done that once. And I did neither. I've I never did. done a year in the life. People at home are like, unsubscribe. They're unsubscribed. They've unsubscribed. And, it, and I think the catalyst was Gilmore across. I think that's what it was. <laughs> I, yeah. I, think, I think a year in the life worked because it was right after we lost Richard Herman. And so that Richard mm-hmm. tribute was very moving. That was funny. I did see that. Yeah. That was that was a thing. Um, and then, like, it was just an uneven four episodes. Well, back to a topic. <laughs> back to the topic. Not to, Sorry, how do I transition? Um, so besides Mr. Roberto from Riverdale, we had another guy supposedly attached to exec produce the new series, which was Jamie O'Brien, who was the creator of AMC's uh, Nos 4 at 2. Does that, have you heard of that? I've heard of it, but I've never actually watched it. Have you? I have. So it's another vampire show, and it's based on a book that I really, really love by Joe Hill, who's oh. the son of Stephen King, but also a very talented writer in his own Mr. right. Mr. Blackphone? <laughs> yeah. Yes, Mr. Blackphone. Um, and he wrote this really extraordinary fantasy horror novel called Nos 4 at 2. Um, and I say it like that because it's a 4 and a 2. Uh. And it was really, really great. But then I, when they made a TV show, it got bad reviews and I checked into it and it, yeah, it was, it didn't, it didn't hold, didn't hold water, unfortunately. Mm. And so this was the new vampire person they were bringing on board. So maybe that's a bad sign. Maybe yeah. it is. You can't forgive somebody whose ship is sinking. That's just. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, no. Well, <laughs> speaking of ships that sink, uh, I think it was only last week where we got an article out of Variety and they got a quote out of Casey Bloys, and this is the HBO Max content CEO, and he was talking about a bunch of shit that's going down at HBO. That doesn't really mean much to me, like Game of Thrones. But in the same article, he made mention that the True Blood reboot was dead in the water, and that it was only, they were just developing a few scripts, and unquote, but nothing felt like it got there. Um... So it doesn't really sound like too much development was actually going on in that cauldron, but hard to say. Hard it's to say. more idea hill. They didn't get to the development stage. They yeah, they didn't. How do you feel about this? Is this something that you would have even secretly tapped into and watched? I would have checked it out to see if they were doing things differently because I know when I think what a new version of True Blood could be, I see something different. And yeah. I don't know if they would have given that to me, but I I would have been excited to see if they got close to what I would like. I don't hate to do this to you, but I'm going to. What would you do if you were given this IP? If I were pitching it, first things first, Sookie is a black woman. Cool. Um, <laughs> that just has to happen. Yeah. I think that we need we need more than one to two queer characters a season. Um, <laughs> I just mm-hmm. that's just me. Um, and I also think we need to give her a little bit more agency because it does become how will she be in danger by the end of the episode? And that's not the game I would like for my lead. What if it's like a queer black guy? I could support it. I could, I could support it. No, it's a, it's a, it's a story about women, maybe ultimately like it, not in a good feminist way, but like in a trashy romance novel way. Yeah, yeah, and I also think that she doesn't need to be straight because, again, we had a bunch of men oh. after her, and I love all the men but Bill, but also I think that's oh kind of boring and expected, and it, it's not good for the numbers again. I think that we could have we could have intersectionality, which is a thing I would like to talk to HBO about. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, Inter- d- what? Interdimensional where? <laughs> Inter- interdimensional snooze now. Are we going into the TARDIS? Like, <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we'll reboot that. That's just still going. Oh, okay. Call it um, Psychiatrist <laughs> Strange. <laughs> wow. I mean, maybe I'd watch that. But, On um, it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, yeah. Would you want, or okay, do you want to see True Blood rise again in the future? Is this something that you would say yes to? I would check it out, but I don't need it unless we're going to make some drastic changes. I just don't need it. I think it's not time, personally. I think that uh, it didn't go off there that long ago. And when the time comes, you're right, it needs to be something completely new. Something with the same vibe and the same tone, but with a completely new POV. And I don't know what that would even look like. And it has to be actually something more modern. So we need younger writers. I don't mean we need like 12 year olds, but we do need people who understand the way things are. <laughs> we can't have boomers running it because we'll get into the same problems. Oh my God. You're just looking for a TikTok series. Why are you doing this <laughs> well, to me? It's all like long. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. I think that we will get new True Blood again at some point. I don't know what it'll look like, if it's going to be TV or some other bullshit. I think one day it'll be back, but I just can't necessarily foresee in what medium. Is the book series still going or did it end? 
I really don't know. Should we look? Okay. I've never actually went to see how many books there were or are. Um, that's me books. being a bad fan. <laughs> All right. I've got it here. So the last book was in 2013. So it was from 2001 to 2013 pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. So it does kind of seem like that ship has has sunk. Okay. Well, like, 2014, yeah. But also, I know the books are drastically different from the show. I never read them, but people who did read them told me. Um, and so I don't know how much of that could be repurposed to make it a new thing that's similar enough to the people who love the books. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. The, the book art is so bad. Oh, my God. I mean, it was early odds. Like, three people were reading, so they weren't really giving them money for the artists. They're <laughs> so, like, cartoony. There's no way in America you guys got the show Angela Anaconda, but for the Canadians listening, you know what I'm talking about. It looked like everything was... Does it sound familiar? Yeah, I don't know why it sounds familiar. There's no way. I don't believe you. You're a liar. You lied to me. Um, It looks like that, like really cheap animation that looks like it was just like cut out of a newspaper. Oh. I just just brought them up. Oh my God, these are cheap. Aren't they fucking terrible? I'm just mad. I'm sorry, the complete series, 13 books, is $78.99 for whomst. <laughs> I mean, that's not bad for for 30 bucks. 13 books. I know. That is hyperbolizing. No. Uh... <laughs> I'm never going to read them. Oh, you know what? I might listen to them on tape at one point in my life. I do have a lot of credits on Audible left. If my library has it on audiobook, I might check it out. Because I did just watch these first two episodes, and I do miss this world. Mm, I do miss it too. I think I might just have to rewatch the show. Good. Let's be secret. Rewatch Buddies. Okay, I love it. Okay. Let's, we can start our own Anatomy of a Scream series. Yes. I'm going to tell Joe. <laughs> Blood Pals. Listen. Mm, no. Bloody Trudies. <laughs> Bloody Trudy? <laughs> Sucky Wookies? No, that's bad. <laughs> Um, we can call it Benton, because like when you put on closed captions, it says Benton, but they're like Bon Tips. And I'm like, y'all need oh, to talk. Oh, Bon Toms. Yeah. Bon Tom Babes. Okay, there we go. There it is. <laughs> For the Bon Tom Babes. We also um, talk about how everybody's accent is different. Like, yeah. <laughs> they did not have the same coach for dialect. <laughs> no, I'm going to say that Anna Paquin was inconsistent on those first two episodes. Does that yeah. sound familiar? Yeah, which was rough because I'm used to her being Anna Paquin, Oscar-winning actor, and she was like, oh, no, I've never been to the South. Look. She's okay. She definitely won that Oscar when she was, like, what, 12? Yeah. And I think it maybe has been downhill since then. I mean, it's hard to come back from that. Look. Has she? What has she done lately? She's been in What's... some X-Men movies. Um, oh, is she in Ook's Moon? She's been in a few. She was rogue for Hugh Jackman's era. Oh, she's in a lot. Okay, so but nothing I've heard of. Oh, yeah, she was in Mech- Days of Future Past in 2014, which is 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And she was in The Good Dinosaur, the f- one of the very few flop Pixars. Oh. And then, oh, she was in The Irishman? That's crazy. I remember, because they didn't give her any lines in some of her scenes, and Martin Scorsese's like, because she's such a great actor, she can say so much with her eyes. Instead of him, oh, he didn't write any lines for women. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds right. That what? sounds fairly correct. She's in a football movie called American Underdog, which I am upset about. I just don't even want to know more about that. I <laughs> refuse to ask. And she's also in a movie from this year on Netflix called True Spirit, which I'm sure you and I are going to have to see uh, on the charts at some point. 
I'm sure it's in our inbox right now. That's this trick greener we got, not the ones we wanted. That's so beautiful. Okay, before this is gonna be cut, but I found something that's gonna make you as happy as it made me. It's called flixpatrol.com. Every streamer has weekly, daily, monthly charts. Finally. I know, right? No one cares. Everyone I told, they were like, why are you slacking me? I was like, that's so important. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, she was in Scream 4. She's a Scream girl. Oh, yeah, she was. She was, one of the, she was the one with, um oh, Veronica Mars. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, uh, Kristen. Kristen Wig. No, Kristen Chris... Bell. Kristen Wiig. Kristen Bell, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, Bell. Who I don't love, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. I like Veronica Mars. Um, <laughs> while we're talking about things somebody cares about, because I was doing the Hulu streaming guide so early, uh, nobody had anything for me. And so I went to Hulu and found out they do have a page where they tell you what's coming up next month and what's leaving next yes, month. Fuck yes. That's yeah. good news. That's very good news. That's we're gonna we're gonna break the internet. The internet's yes. Consider yourself broken. Right. Who am I talking to? This is all getting cut, so I should stop being cute. Us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our two biggest fans, actually. <laughs> I'm hoping that we could get a nice, quick movie after enough time has passed and we actually, like, really, really miss it. Mm-hmm. Because if we hadn't started it, we wouldn't miss it, let's be honest. But we just started these two episodes. So we're like, let's do it one more time. I'm with you. Yeah. All right. Sheree, if you could be found on the internet, where should people find you? If you look up Miss Sheree on Instagram or Twitter, you can find me and all my shenanigans. You can also find me bothering Josh because, like, mm-hmm. Mia Goth has given me more gifts from <laughs> <laughs> this new movie with Alexander Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would agree with that. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you again for coming on Development Hell. Oh, something that I said that we were going to do for the audience and mostly just for us was since you've been on the show about a thousand times, I want to try to see if we can, by memory, remember all of the episodes you've been on. Can we try it? Oh, wow. Okay, so this year I've done at least three because it's this, Samantha Darko, um, and Talk to Me slash Infinity Pool. Yeah, so that's that's the previous three for sure. Is it easier to go back in time starting now or start at the beginning of 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 ages? Rock think, of ages. I think working backwards because I know the first one was Buffy, but I don't know how we got to like child's play or anything else. Okay, Buffy for sure, then Silent Hill, then yes. Chucky. And so that's six right there. Yes. And I feel like we're missing something. It's oh, 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 Brian, Brian, imaginary daddy. Oh, yes, Mockingbird Lane. Yes. So that's okay. seven. That's seven. That's pretty good. Um, that's pretty I, good. Is there another? I feel like there's another. I'm looking right now. I've actually Googled it and I'm not <laughs> I'm not seeing more. But I do feel shocked that that's it. I do feel like seven feels low. We, we're missing at least one or two. I know we are. Oh my God. Well, we're going to have to make up for lost time. Yeah. I forget about that Silent Hill episode. That Silent Hill episode really rocks my world because we fucking guessed the name of the new Silent Hill movie. (laughs) I mean, could it be anything other than Return to Silent Hill? No, but... Thank you so much for listening to Development Hell. 
If you enjoy this podcast, then please do us a major favor of leaving us five stars and writing a positive review. It really makes all the difference in the world. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode of Development Hell. Thank you for listening to the Dread Podcast Network.